0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, because we live. We, live. we live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do. That's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets and on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Lockdown Hornets. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockdownSports.com to check out all of, all of our podcasts on the NBA, NFL, MLB as well as fantasy sports. Thanks once again for joining us, everyone. I'm Walker Mail alongside Doug Branson. You can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail and at Doug Branson NBA. We've been moving along our player evaluations this week. We've checked off Kimba Walker, Nick Batum, and Jeremy Lamb so far. So three players down quite a uh, quite a few more to go we'll be doing it again over the course of the next couple of weeks so it's but-
1: had too many players i keep saying that they just had too many players
0: <laughs> a, they need to get rid of some but we'll move on to cody zeller the former fourth overall pick just a few years ago an interesting guy to look at so we'll take a look at his past his present and his future and, and what his role is with the charlotte hornets team if he does have one but also we have a special guest today the david walker coming back on to the podcast What? Coming back to give a sneaker analysis, of course, that everyone wants to hear from David Walker first and foremost. He'll give us a sneaker of the week. We'll even ask him about the Hornets his thoughts on what Steve Clifford had to say. I guess we'll ask him about some Charlotte Hornets stuff as well. Steve Clifford having to say what he said on Woj's podcast earlier this week. A lot of people discussing that. Uh, The NBA playoff games tonight. David will be hanging around with us for a little bit. And uh, of course, the NFL draft taking place yesterday. The Carolina Panthers picking number 24 overall. Doug, are you a Panthers fan at all? Pay
1: attention. I'm totally a Panthers fan, but I'm a, you know, I'm a reformed football fan. I I spend so much time now, paying attention to basketball that I don't have a ton of time for football, but I did peek in to see who the Hornets, to the Panthers drafted. So much so,
0: right, yeah. Oh, there, there's that right. paying attention to the Hornets thing. Uh,
1: so, uh, <laughs> yeah, DJ Moore, that's a, a, a Steve Smith 2.0. That's what they say. I hope so. It's, it's fun. <laughs> I like DJ Moore. I like
0: the pick. You know, Ron Rivera and Marty Herney and North Turner, the offensive coordinator, Pretty much you could see that DJ Moore was the guy if he was gonna be available, so he's the receiver that goes to Carolina, trying to get Cam Newton some more weapons. I like the pick. He was the first receiver taken in the first round. Calvin Ridley taken a couple of spots afterwards at Lee Atlanta Falcons. So if you pay attention to football, It'll always kind of be DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley going up against each other. We'll always see that comparison. But DJ Moore like the pick for Carolina. I think you need to get Cam Moore weapons. There's a lot of holes here. We'll see what they do in the second round. But overall, I think a pretty good night for Carolina to stay there and get DJ Moore. So a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll get, again, David Walker. Former co-host of the Lockdown Hornets podcast, but also still a very prominent contributor, as you will find out after the break. This is the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Doug Branson, Walker, Mail, and of course David Walker coming up soon.
2: You are listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
0: We don't want that Pacers talk. Yet. You got to respect the satchel. We don't want that Cavs
1: talk. Yet. What you got, <laughs> Doug? I have the entirety. Turn. This satchel's a little loud today. <laughs> it's the quiet satchel.
0: No, nah, we're ba- it's a club banging in
2: here. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community. For as little as $1 a month, you can help us keep making the daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com L-O-H. There's a link in the description of this episode. Get access to ad-free episodes, special interviews, and draft coverage. And also, much more. Patreon.com L-O-H. Again, every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in Charlotte. So again, go support Patreon. And also helping make this the best Charlotte Hornets talk in all of Charlotte was a guy that we'll welcome on now. The David Walker back on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. David, this is the first time we're meeting and it's on the Lockdown podcast. I feel like this is a great first time to be meeting. How are you doing, David?
2: I'm good, as it should be. You know, it was weird, Doug. Just just stop calling. He just stopped calling me all of a sudden. Has he
0: dropped you like a bad habit? Is that what's going on right now? (laughs) It's like you ever break up with someone. This
2: is awkward, you guys. We can get through it.
0: And so, David, how has it been your first week post pod? How has life gone on for you?
2: Well, I mean, I used to start my day talking hornets every day with Doug and, and now I don't do that. So it's great. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it's fun, man. And I'll tell you what, you guys, I've enjoyed listening. <laughs> I miss the drops. Sometimes I'm just walking around and I, I'm talking and there are no drops. <laughs> yes. to, like, take you a need pop. somebody
0: to follow around with sound effects just pretty much. Every exactly.
2: Day but you guys have been killing it, man, so far. So, Walker, it's been awesome. I've, I've really enjoyed this week so far.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate it, David. I always talked about how you guys made such a good product. So I'm, I'm glad to make the transition easier. Of course, Doug helping out as well. I do get the drops from Doug. So Doug helping out, of course, with this lockdown On Horn its podcast. So enough of this. Um, We know what the people want you on here for. We need your sneaker of the week, David. Uh, We need all of the sneaker analysis you offer.
2: Guys, I am really excited about this. Let the drop
1: play. (laughs) Oh my God, you've been away for what, a couple of days now and you forget how the show works. I'm
2: just out of practice, man. I'm I'm, going to be sore after this one. I I am excited about this one, guys. (laughs) I have got not one, not two, not three four sneakers of the week there are there are a, a a pack that jordan brand is releasing next week and i'll tell you why i really enjoy this pack it's the jordan one it uses a color blocking that i love in the black toe jordan one but they have called this you're, you're gonna love this doug best hand in the game pack and it's a veiled reference to card games and I I believe it's a veiled reference to Michael Jordan's um, shall we say affinity for games of chance. Right. Makes sense. You know who is good at basketball?
1: <laughs> Michael Jordan. Good at poker games as well. Well, I don't that's like that. Right. I don't like that we are using the word hand on a shoe. And I want foot candy. I want the best foot candy in the game.
2: Right, Doug. But if you will let me finish, that's also something I mentioned. The cut-ins. They're they're, they're so good. But. He's On the insole of all these shoes, there's a blue, yellow, red, and green. And they all signify something throughout MJ's career. But on each of the insoles, there's a like a hand, like a deck of cards. So one has like a full house, and the other one has, I don't know, represents his six championships, his MVPs. Um, his uh, He's got a royal flush on one insole. So anytime they can take a wink, a wink and a nod, it's something that we all know to be true. I, I find that enjoyable. Plus – These just look really good. So, guys, you'll be able to pick these up May 1st, uh, two colorways in the U.S. The other two, you're going to have to go to Europe, guys. You're going to have to get on the Internet or physically go to Europe to get the other two. But I'm very excited about these. We'll post these on Instagram so everybody can see them.
0: Yeah, that sounds – I'm down with that. I mean, that sounds Mm -hmm. like a pretty cool emblem to have on within your shoe. And now, again, David, I was telling Doug – that I don't really have that great of a shoe game. But I'll tell you this, it is, I swear, it's always been something I've wanted to get on. But oh. sneakers are expensive, obviously, and I've just yes. not been able to afford all the cool Jordans. I want to have a cool Jordan game because Jordans get you respect pretty much anywhere you go. So I'll ask you, that, what, what's a good starter pair of Jordans? Because I'm not kidding, I really want to get on the shoe game because you just get respect and plus they just look cool.
2: Yeah, they do look really cool. I mean, right now is a good time to be doing this Walker. I'm going to tell you cuz one of my 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 all-time favorite is the Air Jordan 3 and they are coming out every week with one of these. They just put out the old school black cement ones way back at All-Star, but you can still pick those up. I would start there. You can't go wrong with a Jordan 3 or a okay. Jordan 1 these days. So Jordan 3, Jordan 1, that's where you're going to want to start. And good thing for you, that Patreon money is just going to be rolling in. So get Doug to break out some of that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. We'll I'll just spend it on Jordans and nothing else. That's what I want to see. There you go. Um, but yeah, that, that sounds fantastic. And the Jordan 1s were like the ones that, I mean, again, it—it it, it is the chronological order of what Michael was kind of repping back in the day, right? Like mm-hmm. the Jordan 1s, mm-hmm. don't they kind of replicate what he played in?
2: Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, these are all... As he wore them. Now, these are new designs, if you will, new colorways, uh, the kids call them. So they don't look exactly like the ones he wore. But these, these are the, you know, the Jordan ones are the ones that the black and red that were rumored to be banned by the NBA that started that whole campaign. So you cannot go wrong with that. An absolute classic.
0: All right. Two more sneaker questions before we get to some Hornets analysis. This is yeah. going to be the Locked On Sneaker podcast. So one do you have a guy who has the sneaker of the playoffs? Have you seen anybody in the playoffs that you've been watching that said, you know what, that shoe game is on fire?
2: Yes, I'm so glad you asked me this. P.J. Tucker is the shoe king of the NBA. If you keep your eye out for him, he's going to wear some heat every night. He wears stuff that like you Sweet cannot heat. get your hands. Exactly. Feet heat, feet candy, as Doug <laughs> likes to say. P.J. Tucker is your guy, so if you want to tune in and see something crazy. I looked the other day, though. A lot of guys are are customizing their shoes right now, like getting uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or the Avengers or something painted on their shoes. I'm not so much into that, but I mean, I I like guys, you know, getting getting uh, exclusive or or being uh, personalized. But P.J. Tucker is your guy. He's going to wear something crazy every every game out. He's got it on.
0: So P.J. Tucker is the guy – actually, that was going to lead into my next one was who is a guy that's always on his shoe game. So P.J. Tucker mm-hmm. answers mm-hmm. that one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be down. I'm going to be looking at the feet of these players. I'm going to be missing some of the games that are going on because I want to look at some of the shoe out, shoes out there. All right, Doug, yeah. so we'll move on uh, – David, I should say. So we'll move on from the sneaker game, and we'll go on to what Steve Clifford had to say on Woj. I know you have some thoughts on this. Mm. I guess I'll just let you take the floor, David. What, would your, what was your initial reaction to some of the stuff uh, Clifford had to say on the Woj pod?
2: First reaction, man, was uh, probably like you guys. I could hear, I could listen to Clifford and Wood, but Clifford especially talk about basketball all day long. Uh, I enjoy his stories, and Doug, we we always would like when he would go on in a in a press conference and tell things. But one thing that jumped out to me that didn't really wasn't really highlighted, I guess, until we had a little separation from him. He 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 does go back to what he you know some of his experiences in the past a lot like and he did that here he would bring up you know t-mac or kobe or dwight in orlando or his time in houston um and and i just you know i don't know how far that could take him with some of these younger guys like not that he was browbeating them with stories from his days in the nba and on nba um benches But I just think it's sometimes, you know, it's good to have a fresh voice and maybe even subconsciously if he's expecting things to go a certain way at practice or like how these guys or how Larry Johnson did things or how, you know, Katina Mobley did something. I don't know. I don't know if that wears thin on guys. You know what that means? Does that make any sense to you guys? Like and I just think if you're if you're looking at this from the Hornets perspective, trying to get a new voice, trying to kind of take this thing to the next turn the page as the NBA is turning right and, and be a little more with the times it may not be such a bad thing to bring in a fresh voice
0: what well, was it too old school david is that what it was was he just not keeping up with the times as a coach
2: well i mean you see some of that in the in the style right i mean certainly the the trends were going away from the hornets and you guys hit on some of that this week the three-point attempts you know that's one of the things that we kept an eye on past couple of years the hornets stayed the same right and doug you mentioned it this week like if you stay in the same, you're really moving backwards. You're not, you're not going with the trend. So, I mean, that was just one example that came to mind and certainly you can't remove yourself from your experiences. And like I said, I like hearing that stuff from Clifford. I just wonder if anyone in that situation, not specifically of him, you know, maybe you need to start looking out toward what's new, how we can advance things, how we can move toward how the NBA and how the league is moving. And I think, you know, when you look at this team, that's certainly something they need to do. My thoughts, at least. I don't know where you guys are
0: on that. Hey, David, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't. Doug's not on. Summary. I guess his mic Uh-oh. was off. I thought maybe you could hear him, but mm-hmm. I was my mic off. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> okay. Let's
1: reset. Okay. So there's a quote from the Woj Pod that I thought was very interesting from Steve Clifford. He says, "Quote: The things that are harder to find in young players are fundamentally sound play." prepared to play a good team game and understanding what it takes to play well with other people. Now, he does mention some great young players that don't fall into that category. He mentioned Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers. He also mentioned, interestingly... Donovan Mitchell said Mitchell was unselfish, was a great competitor. That's a, a player that the Hornets had an opportunity to draft, did not, drafted Malik Monk instead. And then, David, you mentioned Larry Johnson in there, former Hornet and New York Nick great. And he told a story about LJ practicing closeouts in the right. waning years of his career and mentioning that to illustrate this point that the greats and some of maybe the older greats, We're practicing things that young players now don't want to have anything to do with. But you're you're touching on this idea that maybe, and I think a lot of people got this feeling, that Clifford may have some contempt for some of these younger players, and that could uh, prevent him from connecting with some of those younger players. I think about Malik Monk. He called Monk smart. He called him bright, but tough, competitor. Those were not words... That he Mm -hmm. used for Malik Monk doesn't necessarily mean that Monk was not those things, but those were not words you heard Clifford say.
2: Exactly. And all of it goes together, right? Like the lack of success and the frustrations and the lack of wins, like all that stuff piles up and and sell your message anyway. Uh, but that was just something I looked at. And you look at Van Gundy in Detroit, you know, I mean, Clifford is mentioned with the Van Gundys all the time. And, and there's been some struggles there, too. So I just think the league right now is trending in a, in a more youthful and more new idea way. And for the Hornets to finally be jumping on board with that, I think is something that fans can you know look forward to
1: connect with the youths walker Mm -hmm. you have to be able to snapchat and and insta facebook you know what i'm saying that's what i want my
0: next head coach more so than anything so david is is there a coach that gets your eye or gets your attention a little bit more so than the other ones listed there's quite a pool out there and i know jay laranaga has been related to this hornets job now the assistant under Brad stevens with boston he had an interview with the charlotte hornets also interviewed with the knicks i believe is there one coach that you kind of want more so than the other guys listed
2: I mean, I've been excited about Fisdale possibly coming in. Um, I like I liked what he did in Memphis. I think anytime you're you're picking from the Spurs tree, like it's tough to go wrong there too. And Stackhouse is up and coming too. Even though you know we talked about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago, he may be more old school, but certainly a younger guy who can relate to the players. So I think of the pool they're putting together, uh, you've got some good options there. I just wonder when the first domino is gonna is gonna fall here, guys. I don't know what you think about this. On the radio this morning, they were talking about maybe uh, Budenholzer would be the first domino and then everything else would happen. But certainly it's been it's been a little quiet on the higher front. But there's a lot of rumors floating around.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with Budenholzer, who it looked like he was going to go to Phoenix, but then couldn't. And then now the Atlanta Hawks and Budenholzer mutually agreed to part ways. So it'll be interesting to see, of course, that guy also coming from the pop tree to see where he goes. Mm -hmm, And mm. you mentioned Jerry Stackhouse. Can you get another Tar Heel within this organization? Does that bother oh. you guys at all?
1: Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> I have a feeling, David, you're a Tar Heel fan. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. And cool, and, look,
0: yeah, and I grew up a, a huge Tar Heel fan, and I and I still mm-hmm. hold true. I remember my favorite Tar Heel of all time. By the way, Ed Cota loved watching that 2000 team. Nice. That was the first. I mean, that was the first time I really got to comprehend sports. It was that 2000 Final Four team when Ed Cota. Capel Forte Brennan Haywood they go and they eventually get beat by Florida so I'm a big Tar Heel fan too but maybe not for us so let's let's talk about the perception right it doesn't look great if Buzz Peterson is your assistant GM your GM is Mitch Kupchak your owner is Michael Jordan and your head coach is Jerry Stackhouse it can't look great right if you get if you continue to just get Carolina Blue ties there
2: well, certainly, there's a segment of the fan base that will definitely melt down if that happens. But Doug and I, we we filled out the entire bench with Tar Heels a couple of weeks ago, and it's—I mean, we were like, you know, maybe you lean into it. Maybe, maybe you just just go all the Carolina way. night. Yeah, yeah little known fact:
1: head of security, Joe Forte. <laughs>
2: yeah, oh, I, lo- I would love
0: to do that I mean I, I'm a, I'm ashamed I wish I could have gotten a part of that so maybe you have let's go back to that 2000 team well you could have Sean May on the coaching staff if you, he leaves Roy Williams he's coaching right now he, yeah, goes exactly. the, he leaves Roy Williams he goes to the coaching staff of the Hornets Joe Forte yeah. is your head of security <laughs> maybe maybe Chris Lang is head of concessions maybe you can bring him back a Charlotte guy coming oh, back I, I would I would love any of those guys to come back maybe just go full force
2: hey Walker I think your your point though is well taken it may not be worth the squeeze you know what i'm saying even if it would have to turn out to be an overwhelming success and a huge you know good move to put up with the negativity so like you know on the one hand you don't want to overlook a good candidate like a stack house who most people think is because of where he went but if you've got another guy that's maybe close in your eyes and didn't go there and you just want to avoid the headache i mean maybe that's worth it too
0: All right, David Walker joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Real quick, David, I know you got to go. I know you're a busy man now. We're about to dive into Cody Zeller. We've been doing our player evaluations. Uh, I guess just kind of the top of the dome thoughts that you have on Cody about what you expect the Hornets to do with him and also just what do you think of him as a player?
2: Well, he just can't stay healthy. I mean, that's become his thing. And, And unfortunately, that's become the thing that I think about most with Cody when he's in there. Uh, his energy and his ability to run the floor, to me, is the biggest thing. Of course, the screens we always talk about is a big boost. And you even saw it with Monk this year. You know, it helped him get up, and he helps everyone out there be a better player on the offensive end. I, I wish he had a little more of a, you know, a one-on-one game that could attack a little more with the ball. Hasn't really developed that step-out jumper, that elbow jumper, 15- to 17-footer consistently enough to be um, as dangerous as I think he he should be in the league right now. Um, But, you know, you've seen how successful the team can be. It'll be interesting to see what the direction they go with all these guys, but especially some of these guys with, like, finer skill sets like Cody, how a new coach or a new regime – utilizes him and, and what they what they think of him
0: all right good stuff good to hear his voice on the podcast again david walker joining yeah. us here today on the locked on hornets podcast david it was fantastic meeting you and i want to do it every week i'm sure we'll be able to do the sneaker of the week maybe every friday we'll try to figure it out every single week but man it was good to hear from you
2: absolutely thanks guys doug don't be a stranger call me buddy no all right keep up the good work walker (laughs) all
0: right man thank you a lot that's david walker joining us here on the lockdown hornets podcast we'll take a quick time out we'll come back dive into cody zeller talk a little bit about him his past his present his future uh what goes on with cody Zeller within this organization this is the lockdown hornets podcast i'm walker mayo alongside doug branson
2: are listening to
0: the
1: Locked On Hornets podcast?
0: Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three point line? Oh, I mean, did
1: I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay, <laughs> you did. I think okay. you said Miles. that was Leonard. on me. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. <laughs> I know when I think shooting big men,
0: Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot, Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's that's his nickname.
2: It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Walker, Mail, Doug Branson, and for a brief moment, living in nostalgia—just basically a week ago—but still living in some recent nostalgia. David Walker joining us again. Did you like that, Doug?
1: I did. Listen, that's what our—that's what youth is all about: living in nostalgia, <laughs> living in yesteryear. That's what—that's what has made Facebook the size of a small country. How weird was that?
0: I didn't. I guess I didn't ask him how weird it was, but how weird was that for you to have? I guess David come in always, always on the phone usually but also in a different kind of aura. Yeah,
1: it was weird. I mean, he was shirtless. That that was the first odd thing. He kept texting me pictures. That was weird. That weird. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean Don't ask know, me to be in your group
0: chat, man. Listen.
1: The way. <laughs> <laughs> That's invite only. Uh no, it's good, man. You know, I, I love uh, I love that he's going to stick around do sneak of the week uh and I uh, just, I'm looking forward Do to I it. Do
0: I need to say Sneak of the Week? I kept saying sneaker. Was that too white or too lame of me to say Sneak sneaker of the Week? Sneak of the Week. Because of the Week has It's a little
1: shorter, up. a little snappier. As long, Listen, as long as I remember to turn my mic on, I think we'll be all right. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was. It's a banner week for me we, so we, we far. We couldn't hear, producing. and I don't know if David and I had that kind of relationship to where we could talk and ask about, like, because he, I think he said something, but we didn't know if your mic was on for hey, we're sure. figuring it out here. I thought you had. I thought I had a problem. I didn't know who had the problem, but glad it was you. Glad it wasn't me. I'm just (laughs) starting to figure stuff out here. Again, Walker Mail, Doug Branson joining you on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Again, going through the player evaluation. Cody Zeller on the list next. And you heard David's thoughts on it. I think that's probably, Doug, the first thing that everyone thinks of when you think of Cody Zeller. It's the injuries. And... It was real prominent last year. I think you started to see it become a big factor where you started to worry about it a little bit more. Last year, he played 62 games. He started 58. But those were big games that he missed, missing 20 of those. And we all know the stat that we kept referencing constantly, right, when we talked about the Hornets. What was the record? Three of 17 that they went when Cody Zeller was out. So you knew his importance. And that was part of the risk probably with bringing Dwight Howard here was Cody Zeller coming in obviously a reduced role. Yet you saw with the record – and what was a pretty decent sample size? What happened with 3-17 and 17 with Cody Zeller? But he missed a couple games, and I think you found his value with this team last last season.
1: Yes, but I think that the, the team went in and evaluated and, and sort of tried to answer the question, was it Cody or was it the depth at that center position? And I think they landed on that the, the the depth wasn't there, so you could not sustain an absence from Cody Zeller or any uh, average center at that position because they were so below average after that.
0: Well, who were the guys they were rotating? It was Roy Hibbert, it was Spencer Hawes, Does, it, yeah. it was...
1: Roy Hibbert was a disaster. Spencer right. Hawes just caused problems that they could not address with other players. So it probably was the depth.
0: Is the value overstated then, or do you think the value of Cody Zeller is overstated a little bit?
1: Well, I think the value is overstated, and I think that the bottom line is he can't stay on the floor. And if he can't stay on the floor, then you can't provide any kind of value. He's missed 20 games, uh, two seasons, 14-15, and then 16-17, and now he's missed 49 games. This is a bad
0: one. Yeah, this was bad.
1: And I think the worst part of it is that he did not find his way back onto the floor at the end of the season. And maybe it was him trying to get his body fully healthy after missing so many games over the past four seasons. But I think Clifford was was one who wanted to see Cody get back out there and try to end the season strong heading into next season. Uh, but I think it's just wait and see on a guy that they did. Listen, it was a significant investment uh, to make on Zeller in terms of number of years, the length of his contract, and and they need him to to provide big play off the bench.
0: Yeah, well, when they signed him to that contract, it was about $12 million, and now it'll obviously increase as it goes up uh, about a million uh, each year. But the percentage of that is still a pretty decent one for what they had. I guess I might put a little bit more value in Cody Zeller, Because I I thought Dwight Howard had a lot of value. I was probably higher on him than most people when he came in. And I guess I fell in love with the double-double numbers. But also, I I thought that provided still something that was worth having on an NBA franchise. And when Cody Zeller went out, I just think Cody Zeller, one, he probably adapts better to the new age game than Dwight Howard does. And I I thought that him being a good rim runner, we talked about the value of, of glorified trash men now, right? Like Clinton Capella, I mean, his buckets are dunks. Right, I mean, they're, he's just an athletic trash guy. He's getting a rebound. He's dunking the hell out of it. He's rolling to the rim. He's dunking the hell out of it. But it's crazy that it's not. It's no longer the the guys that. Well, he doesn't have a very good offensive game, so he's just. It's kind of going to be a guy that gets a rebound, pump fake, pump fake, pump fake, puts a layup on. You know, it's these guys going one handed slam, and they're really not a whole lot of touch over the left shoulder. And so Cody Zeller, I thought, I thought he did have a little bit of touch, but also maybe started to develop a jump shot a little bit, but kind of fell into maybe on the outer rim of that glorified trash man guy. Am I right about that, or am
1: I, do you I disagree? You, you, you are right about that completely. And I think if he definitely does fit more into the mold of what you think a big should be in this modern NBA, but the thing about Clint Capella is that he plays on a team with James Harden and Chris Paul, who both can command double teams. That's what the Hornets were looking for in Dwight Howard, someone that could get on a roll and command a double team. You saw that in that dominant performance that he had against Golden State when the Hornets amazingly upset the Warriors last season. they th- He was commanding double teams from the Warriors, and that was allowing their offense to do things that they really didn't do all season. Now, they didn't get that consistency in terms of teams throwing double teams at Dwight Howard all year, but that's what they were looking for. That's what Cody Zeller cannot provide you, and unfortunately Cody Zeller doesn't play on a team with a James Harden or a Chris Paul that can take pre- That's why Clint Capella can be successful. Well, and
0: again, I, I don't want to hone in on the Capella example. Capella is better. Capella yes. is a is a fantastic center yes. who defends as well as almost any other center mm-hmm. out there. You have your Gobert, you have your Embiid. He's a physical force. But Cody ca- Zeller, not a physical force. That, that's, that's true, and Capella is a under, an understandably way more athletic too than anybody. Mm-hmm. And Cody Zeller was a guy that's pretty athletic coming out of college. And uh, what was it in the combine? I think he had one of the best verts of a guy that was seven foot tall or seven feet or taller. Yet still, it's, it's not that. It's not those kind of guys. I would argue DeAndre Jordan kind of the same guy, mm-hmm. where he's probably been here a little bit longer. Probably one of the more OGs of that kind of category, if you will. But he's not that, and we get that. And try to develop it a little bit of the jump shot, but still hasn't really. Gotten, I think David probably used the best word with it because it, it probably is the consistent jump shot there. I think he can hit it, but it's not really all that consistent when you look at it. So that's where we are with Cody Zeller, and I'm with you, Doug. I mean, he, it's a guy that is making double-digit millions. He's making 12 right now. And when you look at Cody Zeller just not being able to stay on the floor, I thought it was more prominent last year with how many he missed because you still held out hope. His second season, he played 62 games. His third season, he played 73 Okay, it's not great but it's not awful. Then he misses 20 again, then he misses 40, and that's when you have a problem.
1: The positive is that if they do find a way to move Dwight Howard and they go in a different direction as a franchise, you know that Cody Zeller can plug in in the starting role. You know that he does make other players better. He is unselfish. He's fun to play with. Players enjoy playing with him on the floor. So when you're talking about, you know, if they if they do move in a direction where they are developing youth, then that's that's a positive thing, if we're looking at the positive.
0: And I'll say one other thing about Cody Zeller is we talk about, discuss or we discussed Dwight Howard's future with his team. Well, what was one of the few things that we talked about there was his relationship with Nick Batum. Mm-hmm. And Cody Zeller and Nick Batum, it was revered. It was kind of a, a, a known fact that those guys do so well together because, I mean, it seemed like Nick Batum had a ton of assists going to Cody Zeller running to the rim. Nick was asked questions about it. And that's kind of an interesting play on this because Cody not getting as much run because he was out of the game so much that you're kind of forced to play with Dwight Howard. One, because you're paying him a lot of money. It's a guy that deserves to be out there. But also, it's not like Nick Batum could stay on the court with Cody because Cody wasn't out there. He was injured. So you couldn't see that a whole lot again this season.
1: Regardless of what direction the Hornets franchise goes in next season, I think Cody Zeller's health is going to be a big storyline moving forward
0: hundred percent. I think Cody Zeller is a guy that a lot of people, that's the first thing they think of. And when you think of Cody Zeller, that's, that's going to be the thing that's always going to be the problem with him. And you can see w- where they decide to go with them. All right. NBA playoffs coming up tonight. Only one game last night. You have forced a game seven bucks and Celtics games tonight. Doug, you have your picks. You got any picks? What do you think about tonight? What catches your intrigue?
1: I think tonight I'm looking for. Let's see, we got Raps Wizards. I think Raps are going to take care of business. I do too. I
0: think Toronto wins that one. I think they're. I don't think they go seven games.
1: They're done messing around. You had Kelly Oubre lighting a fire under Delon Wright, saying that he only plays well at home, and and Wright said, "All right, I'll show you." So I love that. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else will we have? We have Pacers Cavs tonight. I think Cavaliers take care of business as well. I I think this one is O-V-E-R over because LeBron James is ready to go. and, And I think hopefully they'll get a little more contribution of love. My big question, though, for you is actually about last night. Did you watch any of the third quarter? That was our big discussion in our last show. No one watches. <laughs> I did not watch the third quarter. No, because no one does. Right. Did you watch I, the third quarter? Okay. Here's here was the situation. I was sitting on the I was sitting on the couch. Halftime hits, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove I'm going to prove myself wrong. I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to watch this. Th- I didn't watch the third quarter. I walked away. I uh, went and played video games, and I came <laughs> back for an amazing last seven minutes of that basketball game. Uh, I love, also, can we talk about Ennis Cantor playing this amazing WWE-style heel? He used to play for Utah. He demanded a trade. He used to play for Oklahoma City. Doesn't play for either team anymore, but he thrust himself into the middle of this heated playoff battle between Utah and Oklahoma City. He's calling out Utah's home crowd. He's calling out the Oklahoma City fans who left early in that third-quarter comeback. I love this guy.
0: So, yeah, he's the flavor-flav. He's the Turkish-flavor-flav of He's a Turkish <laughs> troll! Yeah, well, he is, and he's a hype man, trying to get both of these guys going at it. I, I love it, too. Enos Cantor, quite the character, man.
1: You, listen, here's the thing with Enos Cantor. An entire government w- w- wants to see him uh, in, in a bad situation and something bad to happen. To, when you have an entire government against you, like LeBron James is not going to scare you. Utah's not going to scare you. Ennis canter, man, you got to love. He's just coming in there with a steel chair, no DQ match. He doesn't play for either team. hes He did a video with the mayor of Oklahoma City who issued fake pardons to everyone who walked out of the arena in the third quarter. It was lame because those things are always lame. But you just have to love Ennis. Just getting in there and trolling it up.
0: I don't know if this guy was just lying to my face, but I had an Uber driver one time that claimed that he knew Enos Cantor. And that <laughs> yes. Turkish Uber driver, by the way. And he claimed that start. he knew Enos Cantor. And I told him that I worked for the radio station. And he said, Oh, do you guys talk about the NBA playoffs? And I said, Yeah. He said, You know Enus Cantor. I was like, sure. Said, yeah, I know him too. We had a big meal together, and it's bad over there with Turkey. And of course, we're talking about the government and stuff. But he was right. mentioning that he knew Enos Cantor, and that those guys actually talked about it, and that he was in Charlotte for some reason. I don't know if he was lying in my face, but maybe he was just trying to make a connection. But interesting story. I rode with a guy that met Ennis Cantor and over
1: one time. He wanted that five star review really bad. He's like, I'm going to give this this radio guy a connection here.
0: I gave Ennis Cantor five stars. Click. Thank you very much for the ride home. Alright, thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. A big thanks to David Walker for returning on the podcast today. We'll try to bring him on every single week for his sneak of the week. Said it right that time. And we'll get the great analysis from him also on the Hornets every single week. Doug Branson, follow him on Twitter at Doug Branson NBA. I'm Walker Mail. Follow me on Twitter, at Walker Mail. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow.